0: At the core, it comes down to knowing what you want, sharing your vision and having written agreements that you can manage to, as opposed to just trying to manage the person and trying to remember kind of what the agreement you had before. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do and you are, then everyone wants you, but that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Now let's talk about the five critical aspects to build powerful teams who can run your business with or without you. So, one of the barriers to this building, this multiple million dollar company that can run without you is this freelancer mindset. And we see CEOs with multiple million dollar companies still fall into this trap where they have this mindset where they kind of look at the team as everyone's there to help me versus everyone's there to serve the vision. That's kind of a dangerous one, too, because if they're not really bought into the vision, then as soon as someone comes and offers them a bigger paycheck, which Happens a lot these days, right? Then they're going to be gone. So, some symptoms we might see from the CEO is, is I needed this yesterday and making short sighted decisions, not investing aligned with the direction they want to go. And a lot of the reasons why is that they don't actually know where they want to go. And and if they do know where they want to go, they might lack confidence that they have the right plan in place to get there. So, what you want to be doing instead is moving into a visionary CEO mindset. And that's where you're getting really clear about where you want to go. Then once you know where you want to go, what that's, what success looks like, then you can invest aligned with the right for those tools, tactics, people, systems, and advisory to be able to get there. But you have to know where you want to go first. That's what allows you to shift out of this freelancer mindset. Another piece is hiring the wrong level of staff. A lot of times we see there's this frustration of turnover, having incompetent people, and one of the reasons why that can happen is that maybe you were looking at hiring a manager, but who you actually hired was an implementer or a helper. And there's different levels of people that go through this. On one level, it's helper, then implementer, then manager, then leader, then visionary. These are different levels that they're moving through. And one person's not going to be able to move through five levels of these, by the way. But you need to know what level of staff that you need. And You can help them advance through leadership, but also understand that there's only so much growth that one person can have over a reasonable time frame that you're willing to train and develop them. Make sure that you're hiring the right level of staff. Don't hire too high of a level. Like one of the big mistakes we see a lot in the operations world is hiring a COO when, in fact, you need an operations manager. A COO who is used to running teams of a hundred people or so, they're good at overseeing and managing. Existing systems and processes that already are working to some extent. If you need someone to come in and operationalize your business kind of from the ground up, you need somebody who's going to be able to roll up their sleeves. If you hire to a senior of a role, you actually have a very high likelihood of failure. So make sure that you're hiring the right level of staff and that goes on both ends of the spectrum. This is an accountability continuum for what to expect out of a team member. So there's five different levels here. There's wait to be told. So they're going to wait to be told what to do. They're going to ask what to do. They're going to come to you and recommend what they should do. The next level is to manage. So act and report results immediately. And then the fifth level is own, where they initiate action and then they report periodically. So when you're hiring a role or when you have a role in place already, you need to be thinking about What level of on the accountability spectrum do you want them to actually be playing at? For me, I'm not really excited about hiring anybody permanently in my company who has to be told what to do. That's way too much energy for me. Forget that. I want somebody who at least who has some brain power to take action and recommend ways to move forward. And there's some team that is going to be managing and some that will completely own the task. But on some level, you want your team to be owning their own role. And if they're just sitting around waiting to be told, that's going to be pretty exhausting. So know what level that you want. And by the way, this is also going to change as you are training someone. Someone who just starts as a new staff member, they are going to wait to be told what to do because they don't have any context for what they should actually be doing. Also a tip, it's good to know as you're moving forward through this, where they're at on it and what you expect of them. All right. So... Going from hiring the wrong level of staff and expecting the wrong level of ownership to hiring leaders, not doers. So with any role, I want a leader in there. Everyone even down to an executive assistant, I want them to be able to lead themselves at the very least. And that way, it's just a lot less management from you because they can be self-sufficient. And then they're able to generate a lot more growth for you because it frees up your time. All right, so third barrier is doing too much. So symptoms of this, you're doing the client onboarding, you're doing communication, maybe you're doing hiring, you're building systems, answering emails, telling the team how to do it versus sharing them the vision of what and why. Those are examples of some symptoms of you doing too much. So the visionary's job is not to manage clients, it's not to build systems, it's not to hire, it's not to manage people. That's not your job as a visionary. Your job is to vision the path ahead and lead growth. Oftentimes when I bring this up of like, you're doing too much. Oftentimes the first thing is, is well, I got to get out of sales. Reason why is because that is like a pretty challenging sales requires a lot of energy. It's challenging. And what I will suggest is to delegate sales last and just get more and more efficient with it and get better and better at qualifying prospects before you get on the phone, get better and better at breaking down some of the admin pieces so you can delegate out those pieces, not necessarily the high level selling. That is one of the hardest things to delegate in a high ticket services business. I'm not saying don't delegate it. I'm just saying there's a whole lot of things you can delegate first. All right. Third piece, the less I do, the more I make. So the barrier for doing too much turns into the less I do, the more I make. Let that be your new mantra. The less I do, the more I make. And, The interesting thing about this is that it can really work to the advantage of your clients because as you are doing less, as you are tightening up the systems and processes through your team and getting more and more clear about the standards for excellence, and as you have more space to be thinking strategically and thinking of ways to be able to innovate client results, your clients will get better results as you are doing less work. What this means is that clients stay longer. What this means is it's easier to sell new clients because you're more confident. What this means is that you have to actually work less hours in your business as you make more take-home profit. It's just a better way to grow and it's really fun. I would encourage you to take on that mantra. All right, the fourth barrier is managing people. Now you're probably wondering, how is this a barrier? Of course, I'm supposed to manage people. No, here's the problem. You can't actually manage people you actually need to manage agreements. So how you know if you're managing people instead of agreements is that people aren't getting work done. Maybe you're micromanaging or dictating. Those are some symptoms of managing people as opposed to managing agreements. So there's a lot of different agreements. I've recorded other episodes about the kind of agreements that you need to have in place in order to really have a top level functioning consulting agency. But really, At the core, it comes down to knowing what you want, sharing your vision and having written agreements that you can manage to, as opposed to just trying to manage the person and trying to remember kind of what the agreement you had before. So they need to know what are they accountable in the role for? What are you focusing on in the quarter? What does each person need to own in order to be able to accomplish those goals? That's an example of what it looks like to manage agreements and not manage people. So this is an example of a project plan. If you're listening to our podcast, I did another version of this. You can watch the recording and the video of this on our website. And if you go to the show notes, you can click on the link and see the visuals that go along with this, see our beautiful slide deck. But this project plan, it allows you to break down what success looks like for a particular project and allows you to be able to get clear about what you're actually doing, why it's important, and then that allows you to delegate out the how. That's an example of a project plan. You can take a look at the video if you want to see that. So we want to move from managing people to managing agreements. That is the fourth aspect. All right. Fifth barrier is tight cash. This is something we talk about sometimes on the Hands Off CEO podcast. Now, some symptoms of tight cash is you don't have money to hire people. You're not paying yourself at least a six-figure income after taxes. And I'll go as much to say that you're not paying yourself a market rate plus having a nice solid profit margin on top of that a good solid profit margin is 20 to 30% for a consulting agency we've seen it as high as 60% it just kind of depends on your business who you're working with and there's a lot of factors that go into what the right profit is another symptom is that you're doing all the work yourself or you're watching your bank account constantly you really should be able to have enough buffer in cash that you're not having to watch your account constantly when I say this what's really interesting is is that sometimes the people who have the tightest cash can also be the tightest with their cash to be able to fix the problem. So they have this perpetuating issue that they're unwilling to solve because they're holding so tightly to their money and not willing to invest to be able to get to where they're at. So it's like this vicious cycle because they're not actually looking at their business as something to invest in as opposed to just like their personal piggy bank that If the profit dips down for a quarter, they look at that, they're freaking out when really we want to be looking long-term for how you're actually growing profits and growing cash in your business. And if you're not willing to invest ahead to be able to get to where you want, you're going to stay stuck in the same patterns. So one of the things that we're seeing that cause tight cash is selling the wrong offer to the wrong client for too low of a price point. The trap that gets us in is it generates low profit, not enough cash to pay the cost of acquisition for clients and not enough to really pay for the team to support the services. So guess who has to fill in the gaps? The CEO does, right? So tight cash creates unsustainability in the business. I mentioned here about selling the wrong offer to the wrong client for too low of a price. How we solve this is with this irresistible offer that we help our clients install into their business. And what we've seen is our clients are able to increase their fees 50 to 600% doing this. These are advanced consulting agencies too, but we've also tested this with a lot smaller companies as well. So I can just tell you that this methodology works basically whenever you have really good results. If you don't have good results and you're selling a commodity, it's not going to help with that. So this is only for companies that have something that's awesome that makes a big difference with the companies that they work with. All right, so going from tight cash to driving easier growth with an irresistible offer. That's like that fifth aspect that you really want to be able to create the type of company that you want. So in review, I'm I'm going to go over the five barriers and I want you to think about which one can you relate to the most. So one is freelancer mindset. Two is hiring the wrong level of staff. Three is doing too much. Four is managing people, not agreements. And five is tight cash. So which barrier are you finding that you can relate to the most? I wanted to share with you an opportunity. If if you're looking at this and you're seeing any of these five barriers, we have a plan for how to actually overcome these barriers so that you can scale a company in a much more sustainable and profitable way. We've seen our clients be able to dramatically increase profitability as they're scaling, as they're able to step back from the day-to-day in their business. And we've had clients who will say that this process, this scale-to-freedom process has allowed them to have their company to become, quote, bliss and zen. Tom Shapiro shared that a while back on his podcast episode when he shared his journey. But if you'd like a taste of that, if you'd like to see what this could look like, Overlaid on your business, we have a special opportunity where you can come to our scalable growth planning workshop that we are doing upcoming here in January. If you go to handsoffceo.com forward slash workshop, then you can see what dates we have available and if we have any thoughts left. Who this is for is for consulting agency CEOs. You have a successful company, preferably seven figures or above. If if you're on track to a million and you're at least a half a million dollars and you're generating pretty quick growth, this could be a great fit for you. Just make sure you apply it and we'll let you know if it's a good fit or not. But you can go to handsoffceo.com forward slash workshop and enroll yourself in our next event. You do have to qualify. This is a premium workshop. It's a half day workshop where we'll actually walk you through this. With you, you can have your operations leader attend with you. And what we'll do is we'll actually spend half day and do the planning for 2023 together, where we'll actually show you a better plan. We're gonna be sharing with you case studies of other consulting agency CEOs who've been able to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish. And we're gonna be able to show you step by step the pathway to be able to take your company and build the foundations to be able to scale a $10 million company or above. So if this sounds right for you, go and enroll yourself for our workshop. I hope that this podcast episode has been helpful to be looking at the five critical aspects you need to have in place in order to really lead your team in a way where you can generate more growth with less reliance on you. This is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO Podcast, signing off.